0: welcome to this episode of the Trumpet Guru's Hang and I am joined by my good friend Ryan Chapman all the way down from Florida. What's happening, Ryan?
1: Oh, not much, man. Thanks for having me on, Jose.
0: Oh, always a pleasure. It's uh, you know, it's been too long since we've we've had a chat. So, uh, yeah, how, how are you uh how are you managing these days with all of this uh COVID craziness?
1: Well, actually, I'm doing pretty good. I wound up I wound up getting offered a job right when all this stuff happened teaching. And, uh, so basically the, the offer was just too good to refuse and I'm teaching in person outside by beautiful Lake. And it's, uh, you know, everything's good, man. I've been super busy. I've actually had gigs, uh, that, you know, like I've had gigs here and there, a recording session, uh, for, uh, for a church and a whole, whole bunch of other things that have gone some arranging projects. It's been, it's been considering the year it's been exceptionally good.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. You know, that's, it's, it's funny because there, there are some people that just have had zero work and then there's yeah. others that, you know, they, they're still, you know, it's, it's not like it was, you know, when you're, especially if you're a touring musician, yeah, obviously yeah, that just, yeah. that completely blows But, uh, you know, for we're doing stuff and especially in an area like you're in where you can have more outdoor venues and and things like that. I mean, you know, we're stuck up here for a while.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 That's that's definitely being down here in Florida. Like, you know, being able to teach outside is great. I was doing it. I was doing a, a pretty cool teaching gig before and um you know that allowed me time off and to you know do all the playing stuff go on the road with tommy dorsey or whatever all that kind of stuff and i just kind of saw the writing on the wall that that company wasn't going to be able to like sustain its sustain itself with the with all this covid mess and when i got a i actually it was it was kind of funny like uh Uh, I think it was Dan Miller who called me. He's like, I heard about this gig, man. You, you should probably apply for this. And that's so that I kind of like was like, okay. And then I got a phone call and then it was just like, yeah, man. uh, Yeah. So I was like, I can't turn this down with all this mess going on. You know, it's, I just Mm -hmm. had to jump in and go.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what you got to do, man. And yeah, that's the story of being a, a musician though, is that you, you have to be able to, to, you have to be ready to jump on those opportunities when they, they come up.
1: Right. And I've, I've actually done a lot of right. I've done a lot of writing for my groups cause they're, they're small, strange instrumentation, you know? And so it's, it's been good. It's been a, it's been, it's been a lot of writing, a lot, just a lot of stuff, man. It's, it's, I, I, I feel like I, I feel kind of blessed in in for lack of a better word at this point in time, you know, considering yeah. our situation.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, that's it. You know, there, there's, there's always an opportunity. There's some, there's always something that you can do about right. any situation. It's just a, a question of how creative you are. Right. And, um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. I'm really happy for you. So what's been going on with, uh, like with your writing, you're saying you're writing for your, um, your group that you're working with uh, the, the students, but how about, uh, the writing and arrangement that you've been doing, like, uh, for your Ryan Chapman orchestra and, and other, uh, other projects? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got, I've got one. that's uh, it's, I'm doing a collaboration with, uh, a collaboration with, uh, Lisa Lyons, a fabulous singer and, um, in South Florida. And she's, I'm going to do a collaboration with her. Uh, I, one of the, one of my kind of mentors in college and my undergraduate was a guy named Tony DeAndrea and he passed away during this covid mess back in i believe it was july and so i had i i was you know the night that he passed away i didn't find out the next day but i was kind of thinking about him and i, I was writing this ballad tune and i was like okay so this is going to be this, this is the way I'm going with this. And, you know, it's kind of like a ballad that has like a hip hop section in the middle of it. And it's kind of, it's going to be kind of interesting. So um, I'm planning on trying to start doing recording for that, like sometime in May to uh, release around the time of his, uh, uh, the year anniversary of his death, but uh, just, you know, really trying to do some interesting stuff with the writing, that kind of thing. I, I, somebody, asked me to do a uh um, an intro for the air national guard band of the south you know kind of like a you know a nice air force theme uh kind of intro one and a one and a half minute intro kind of thing so i got that going on i got i got a few other things but uh you know it's like with the day gig you know you gotta you just gotta balance everything out but uh right hopefully the venue that we like to play at in in uh the, the venue that we like to play at open stage, uh, it, it basically closed when all this COVID stuff happened, they were up for renewal of their lease in the city and the city of Coral Gables were just like, yeah, we want to put something else in this building. So yeah. you guys, you guys are out, we're not renewing your lease. And they were supposed to be given another, you know, like seven year lease or something like that. So right, it's, uh, it is what it is, but there will be other places to play when things open up. I'm actually playing in, an, in another group. Uh, I've been playing, I've been playing with this group for like about, I guess about four years, uh, over in, in Naples, Florida called Stardust Memories. And, and we're playing to crowds of like 500 people. They're masked in chairs all spread out and, um, we're on stage spread up and spread out in like a flying V. So like the next person over to me is like, you know, like five feet away from me and I'm up on the front edge of the stage, usually hidden behind a speaker.
0: That's a good place to keep you.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, It it makes it easier like to to sneak off stage to get yourself, you know, a a, a, a little sandwich or something, you know, (laughs) between (laughs) two.
1: But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. There's a couple couple venues over on the west coast of Florida that uh, uh, that have been allowing people to gather in parks and that kind of thing, as long as you know certain yeah. protocols are followed and that kind of thing. it will be nice when stuff opens up and we can, you know, we'll actually be able to actually do gigs indoors. Man, it's a uh, it's, uh, it's a it's a thing. So
0: yeah, you know, it's. Uh it's, it's been, it's been an adjustment. Now I'll just put it that way. It's been an adjustment. So, uh, but I mean, it, it's cool that you've got some stuff going on. And so when you're recording, are you primarily doing that at home?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, my, the stuff that I've been recording. The last couple things that I did, I did, I did two this summer. One was a tribute to another friend of mine that was a mentor in, uh, Chattanooga where I did my undergraduate who, um, taught me a little bit about arranging back in the day. He was one of one of the first people that I really picked his brains and that kind of thing. And man, it was so, so last minute. Like I just got a phone call, yo, uh, Paul's in hospice. I'm like, what? No, you know, like I had no idea, but anyway, I found a phone message of his uh, where he was singing me the metal melody to a tune that he was, that he was like, Hey, Hey, I want to do an I want you to do an arrangement of this. Uh, can you do this when you get time, you know, just do it. And, you know, so I was like, I was like, sure I can, but I'm like super busy right now. And then, you know, it was from the, 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 the message was from like three years previous and I just Mm -hmm. never got around to doing it. Yeah. so I kind of did that and, uh, did, did the recording and the producing of all the stuff. And I did one based on, uh, uh, one based on, uh, Bach, um, called the Count Behind, uh, you know, Box Toccata and Fugue was the, uh, you know, for there are about seven notes from the beginning of that that were the the basis for, for the whole uh, composition, and, um, and it all came about, I actually did a cruise ship gig, uh, and we had this old Polish band leader that counted the tune off like literally a swing tune would count the swing tune off like this. A one, a two, a one, two, three, four, you know, like the count from, from the Muppet, from the street. Right. Right. (laughs) And uh, so that was, that was kind of an interesting writing thing because I started writing that when I got on the ship and then a couple, a couple weeks later, I I finished it up and I was like, yeah, this is is actually kind of cool. And I wrote it with strings. And so, I had some friends from that uh, I went to school with at University of Miami, and played strings on it, and, and uh, I think it came out great. But um, yeah, it's fun. I love writing. I I I'm trying to do more of it. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I mean, I was going to ask you about that next. Is that you know you 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 have uh, turned into quite the prolific writer. So is that, (laughs) is that been something that you've always kind of had your eye on or is this something that's kind of
1: always, I've always wanted to do it, but I I think the biggest thing was, was, I think the biggest thing for me was, is that in all my earlier education like my undergraduate and my master's, I was missing a few tools in the, in, in the toolbox to like, wrap my head around and, and to like really go fast, you know, like I, I really learned a lot from, I knew how to lay an arrangement out. I'd done a bunch of transcriptions. I learned a lot that way by doing transcriptions, but uh, nobody had ever told me about approach techniques for non-chord tones or, you know, like I, I re, 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 re-harm obviously. I, I, I knew about that, but as far as like um standard approach techniques that you can just implement. So if you're if you've got a deadline and you've got to write something right now, you don't you don't spend any time, you don't waste any time. You just sit down and you start writing. you know exactly what to write that you know will work. It may right. not be it may not it might it might may not be groundbreaking writing, but you can sit down and you can just pump something out. Right. So uh, at the University of Miami studying with Gary Lindsay and also with Seidner, Man, it was just really eye-opening to me. It's like I wish I'd learned this stuff, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I probably would have written a whole a whole lot more stuff by now, you know, but it is what it is, you know. You got to be you got to be in the right place in the right time and you you have to be you know, I feel like you have to be in a certain place to really take knowledge of something that you want you want to know or that you need to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also then developing those frames of reference, you know, being able to, to have things to connect it to, to, so it eventually makes sense to you. So, yeah. So that, I mean, that's, that's really cool. I mean, it it sounds like to me that, um, Miami had uh, like going to the university of Miami was, was really sort of a pivotal moment for you in terms of your development as a musician.
1: Right. It, it really, it really was just, um, there's stuff that I dabbled in as far as like chord voicing and stuff like that, that, that my friend, Paul Loharn had taught me, but it didn't come full circle and make sense until you. I'm here. Okay. Uh, uh, it come, come full circle, you know, like w- when Wit Seidner sits down and says, okay, so I'm going to teach you how to use grips. And you're gonna be able to play these five songs at the end of the semester. You'll, you'll be able to play the melody and do that. And I'm like, really? Okay. So he starts teaching me and, but it was, you know, I, I got to take private lessons with Wit. So, you know, he would talk about his life. He would talk about all sorts of things. And, but really like the information you would walk in there and sit down and play piano for him. And he would tell you all these different things. And you walk out of the room and you're just like, I got to go to a practice room right now and just start practicing what he taught me. Because if I don't, I'm going to forget it because it was right. just so much information that it was just, you know, like your brain just.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I've had those moments for sure. Uh, so you uh, actually, I, I want, did want to talk about, um, about University of Miami. Um, so uh, Not everybody knows that you're, you know, you're actually Dr. Chapman, Dr. Chapman. Yes. So, um, and you're, I was really fascinated by your, uh, dissertation.
1: Oh, yes. The dissertation.
0: The dissertation. Uh, so is that something that you talk about a lot? Like, you know, people bring this one up to you a lot
1: um every once in a while I get it every once in a while I get a phone call or get an email like hey I'm like really studying this you know like like I'm working on doing a paper about this can I talk to talk to you about your paper because I feel like this is a topic not very many people you know touch on and I'm I'm like sure yeah sure and and like with uh with singers I have this dis- I have the discussion with singers you know like they're they're like oh you did your paper on that whoa I said, yeah, there was. I've used like a vocal reference in there somewhere, you know. Yeah. It, it's um, it, it's something. It's a very advanced topic to discuss, if you know what I mean. Like, I can have the discussion with you, and you know, people that are on our level that that uh, have enough experience that 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 understand, kind of understand what's going on. But you know, like, if you're in high school or maybe in in college maybe it's probably something you could discuss more with a college student that, you know, understands or is having trouble doing certain things and they just needed to be pointing, pointed in the right direction to, you know, like, um, be able to play in the upper register relaxed or something. Cause they usually just develop habits and, uh, and then, you know, there's tons of other things. I mean, we're talking, we're beating around the bush. We're not specifically talking about the subject right now, but you know, there's, you know, the, the, the excess tension, isometric tension in your body and being a trumpet player is, is something that's not generally addressed, you know, and a lot of it manifests for some people at their glottis and their throat. So.
0: Well, so for those of you who are not familiar, and there will be a link in the show notes for this. So if you want to uh, spend an enjoyable and relaxing um 45 minutes or so, uh, reading, you know, if you've eaten too many nachos and you need to spend some time in, in the uh, porcelain library, uh, you can take this along with you. It's a strategy for proper utilization of the glottis and implications of improper use in trumpet performance. Uh, it, it is, uh, a bestseller, um, <laughs> on the Ryan Chapman library of books. Uh, but no, it, it honestly, it, it is a great, uh, it, it is a wealth of information. Um, I know, like, yeah. uh, like, uh, for example, like Augie's uh, Augie hassa's uh, dissertation. Right. Yeah, that's another one. It's just so great. You know, if you're a trumpet player and you're you're, you either a just want to learn more, if you just want to have more tools in your toolbox. Absolutely. You know, go out and find some of these dissertations, read them, um, and then secondly, if you are having problems and you just need to try and start to to uh, dissect problems that either you're having or that you're that a student is having if you're a teacher great resources but uh, I really liked your approach uh, to that um, I mean just the topic itself because you know as you, you were pointing out that you know we, we have all these these ways of explaining things and they don't really explain them fully so the idea of like okay we relax your throat well what yeah. does relax your
1: throat what is that what does that mean I mean the first when I was told that by by my band director i it was complete it was complete you know like misdirection to me like I, what i realized after about a few weeks of trying to relax my throat uh i was actually pushing i was actually pushing my adam's apple down which is still creating tension in fact maybe more tension it was right it's more difficult to play and so i'm like how do I get around this? And I and and most of my career, uh, uh, f- after high school, my my musical career and that kind of things, I kind of s- discovered some of these things on my own. I did study with a few people. I had some lessons. W- I had a lesson with uh, Fattis. I had a lesson with uh, Rich Zabo, Vinny Di Martino, those kind of things. And some of those people addressed it. There was a, there's a guy in North Carolina that, that one of, one of the, I feel like one of my better utilizations of exercises to teach students actually came from him. He's, he's, uh, his name's Tim Phillips. I think he t- he teaches at uh, Reno, uh what is it? Lenore Ryan University, I believe it is. And uh, yeah, I don't even remember if he, I don't even know if he remembers exactly what he taught me, but it's something that, like, almost every student I can I can I can tell a student to do those things, and they get like an immediate response right away, and uh, and I haven't heard any any other professional musicians really tell students to do those same sort of things, you know, and mm-hmm. and that stuff's in the paper, but you know, it's like. Um, if somebody wants to come to me for a lesson, man, I'm, uh, you know, like even if you're a professional and you're having issues, man, I'm, I'm, I'm more than willing to talk to you about this stuff. And, and it's, uh, it's something that's dear to me because it was something that I had to overcome in my career to get where I am today, because I, I, and I have no aspirations to play a G above double C or any of that stuff. I had no aspirations to do any of that stuff. But because I figured this out, that led to me figuring out some other stuff and it just started happening, you know, but I know the road that I took to get there and I can direct people in that direction because I had to figure it out. It's not just like I, everything that I, everything that I have, I've had to work for to get, I did it, none of it came natural to me.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and that's a really important concept. You know, it's the the things that you as a teacher, the things that you've had to struggle with, the things that you had to figure out uh, are so important. I, in um, yeah, the, there's, you know, all kinds of famous quotes about failures and, and things like that. But um, in my martial arts training, uh, there's a, a, a famous saying that we had, which was invest in loss, which you know, the whole idea was every time you do something, you know, when you when you fail at it, when when you lose, there's a lesson to be learned in it, and so you invest in it. You 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 never want to be right. that person who's gone undefeated, because that means that you've really never learned anything.
1: Right. So, right. You yeah. Know. I and, and, and the other thing is is like I can tell he, a lot of times when I talk to other either trumpet professors or or professionals that I know, I can tell by talking to them where, where they kind of had failures before, because they're really knowledgeable about some things that I'm not that knowledgeable about. And they, and they're like, they hit me to like ideas or approaches or, or, you know, like uh, uh, things you can help to relate to students because they've been working in that direction so long. And, I have my little niche of working in the direction that I know really well. And, and I use that stuff. And, but I try to pick up things from other people when I talk about, you know, when I talk about trumpet, it's like, I don't know. I love talking to people about it. It's, it's great. You learn, you learn something all the time, you know, and failure is a great, is a great teacher.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's the, if you go to a natural whatever it is and, and you know it's not so much that anyone is really a natural at trumpet playing because there's nothing natural about trumpet playing <laughs> yeah, yeah. so but you know there are people that just kind of you know they, they've they got the 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 tools all the tools that they they really need are kind of already there um and so
1: and sometimes know, all they have all they can all they can say is all uh, well you just do this and it's like like what you just said before well you just got to relax your throat well it's 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 you anytime you tell any muscle to relax it's not going to relax it's just gonna it's gonna tense up you the only thing you can do is is be aware and let go you know which is such a which is such a different concept than just relax or try to relax
0: yeah well it's it's because there's there's the the physiological component and then there's a the psychological component and uh yeah you know, if if you it's not saying that you have to have a degree in, in kinesiology to understand how to play trumpet uh, but understanding biomechanics certainly helps in the problem solving yeah aspect oh, yeah. So, like when you say relax well how do you relax a muscle well like you were saying earlier when you our tendency is to think about doing the opposite which is then tensing
1: another muscle another muscle creating isometric tension right between the two muscles pulling against each other
0: so you know the the, the relaxation is just it it's it's passive as opposed to active. I mean, I I always tell people it's much easier to to train someone to become stronger than it is to become more flexible because flexibility is about letting go. And, you know, and that's the hardest thing for us, especially if you're, um, if you're a highly motivated person, you have a hard time letting go of things. You know, you want to push, you can't, you can't push relaxing. You relaxing is the opposite of that. So, getting into the psychology and the understanding of of how the brain works and why it works, and how uh, like the the um, the nomenclature that we use, the um, uh, the way that we phrase things, it's the stuff that makes sense to us, but it doesn't necessarily make sense to someone else. And right. and it's the things get lost in translation. Um, you know, one of the because one of the things that I really liked that that you were saying in in your dissertation was talking about like the tongue arch. And, you know, uh, how the the arching of the, the towards the rear portion of the mouth is going to create more tension. But, you know, of course, everybody is taught to, you know, oh, if you want to play higher, then you want to go from from A ah to E and, you know, changing the, the syllables. But if you don't understand how your mouth is, the oral cavity is formed and it's different for everybody. Right. Yeah. You know, you, you, you don't have uh, you're probably going to do it the wrong way. The odds
1: are. Yeah, well I I remember a Claude, I had Claude Gordon's book when I was in high school and like I swear that book that book I had more questions after reading that than you know because it was like the explanations in there while like they're they may be exactly valid points but if you're first learning that stuff and you're first hearing those those words that are written in the book it it you know it's like you, you, you can misinterpret so many different things and I'm this stuff that I'm sure that he wasn't doing, but I'm like, does he mean do this? Or does he mean do this? I, I'm not really. So I E what, what happens? Oh, so I'm saying, ah, ah, E. So I'm saying it, I'm saying it with my tongue in between my teeth like this, ah, E, ah, E. And it doesn't really do a whole lot besides change the size of the mouth cavity. But if you put spread out the tongue on the edge of the teeth and you go ah e, it changes the it changes the size of the opening that the air has to flow through, which creates creates a compression point other than at the lips or at the throat, you know, to create that compression when you when you push the air against it.
0: Yeah, I, you, there, you know, there's so many methods. There's so many methodologies, and I think so much of it, it's it's driven by you know, the way you you explain things.
1: Um, yeah, but- I, I believe there's there's validity in everything, but you have to you have to have a knowledge base in order to be able to interpret what that information means for you, and you know it's a. Man, I feel like we're like totally bombarded with information these days. I mean, oh yeah, so well, much. Jeez, man,
0: it's gotten worse. I mean, that, that's it, the great thing about the you know the living here in the information age is that anything you need is at your fingertips. But oh, the problem geez, is,
1: everything,
0: <laughs> the problem is it's all there, and not all of it's not all of it's good.
1: Not, not of it, not all, not all of it's valid. Exactly. There's 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 so much uh, there's so much misinformation, and the guys that are The guys that are making money off their YouTube videos and all this crazy stuff, half of them are are handing out misinformation and they're getting money off of it. There's a name that we won't mention, but good Lord, he has probably made more money than than several people I know that are just absolutely fantastic artists and teachers. But he's probably made more money and we're not going to mention names. We, I don't even go there. Nobody should yeah. ever click on any link that he has ever again. Yeah. I didn't say he, did I it? it
0: don't it. I know who you's talking about, but uh, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. It's the, it, it's always looking at the end result, you know, because that that, that that's where the proof is. But there's also that there's a level of, okay, there, there's some fundamental truths in how you have to approach things. And that's, um, I don't know if you, uh, I, I always get confused whether it's first level or first order thinking, but it's its boiling things down to the most fundamental premise and you get to that and then everything else is based off of that premise. And, right. uh, you know, so when you're trying to solve a problem, you go down to that one just fundamental and then say okay now now i can start thinking about more creative ways of, of working with the situation as opposed to dealing with right. the, the circumstances because
1: yeah, you know, uh, well th- boiling it down to its whatever whatever you're working on boiling it down to its most fundamental like uh mo- most fundamental you know, like what is my problem why can't i play this and a lot of times uh a lot of times it has to do with isometric tension I mean, when you're a trumpet player, it's like as soon as I'm like trying to play something that I think something's difficult and I'm trying to play it and I'm just like, ah, I, and I'm just getting I'm just getting mad about it. And then I step back and I'm like, well, my fundamental problem. Oh, well, I'm getting tense. I'm like, uh, stuff's happening here. You know, like I'm like, I'm not playing like my usual self. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to think about getting yourself back to that fundamental, that one thought that you want to be, you know, that one, the one basic goal, you want to be, you want to be relaxed in, in, in how you play.
0: Yeah. And, you know, just looking at the the, the big picture, the, you know, the end game, yeah. I like to tell people. Um, yeah, so like when, when we first met uh, was at ITG in Hershey, uh, Hershey yeah, yeah. a few years ago, and, and we were hanging out there. We were both there uh, with uh, with Terry Warburton and the Warburton booth. And
1: uh, oh, speaking of that's another project I got to get going. Uh, that well, there, there's a writing uh, a virtual writing project that 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 will be coming soon, hopefully.
0: Oh, awesome! Very good. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that one, but uh, <laughs> but you know it, it, when I was uh, you know was helping with uh, Terry with with the mouthpiece stuff you know selling selling mouthpieces to people, that was the most interesting thing to me was having people come up and and uh, you know I I want this mouthpiece because you know this player plays it or I want this mouthpiece and you know I need a lead piece. And, you know, it's just yeah, asking people questions like, well, well, what are you playing now and what is it that you don't like about it? What's it not doing for you that you're looking to make a change? And it, I was surprised at how few people could actually verbalize what it was that they didn't like about their old equipment or the current equipment uh, and what they were hoping to gain other right. than I, I just want to be able to play high notes. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member
1: FDSE. Right, right, right. When 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 I developed my mouthpiece, I was like, I know what I want and I know what I don't want, and this isn't working and this isn't working the way I want it to. So this is what I want. Like I can tell you exactly what I want, and 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 I did enough research to know. Okay, I want. I want the inside edge of the cup to go straight down because I want better articulate. I want more accurate articulation out of the mouthpiece that has more point to it than the majority of lead mouthpieces, which just kind of slope down like this. Mm-hmm. So when you put your lips in there and you tongue on them, they they tend to sound brittle. There's no that you know like they can jump all over the place. And because I knew that I was able to work with Terry and we were able to get going in a direction to, 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 to make it work. But, you know, a a lot of people don't know that they don't know, they don't know what they want. What's this mouthpiece not doing for me? Like I knew exactly, I don't like this mouthpiece because it's brittle sounding and the articulation is all over the place, but gee, I can play high on it, but it doesn't sound good and I want to sound good. Yeah. Oh, how do we, how do we, you know, get, you know, back to that?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, you don't have to know all of the answers. You don't have to know how it, how it comes together. That's why you have experts, you know? Right. right, So even if it, if it's me coming to you uh, for a trumpet lesson and saying, Hey, I want you to help me with my playing. And if, if you say, well, well, what do you want to change? And if I just say, you know, something like, well, I just want to get better, that's that, that doesn't give you anywhere to start start from, right. you know. And yeah, that's
1: not identifying the the issue. Yeah. yeah.
0: And if I can say, you know, I, uh, my endurance is just really bad, or my my accuracy, I just I don't feel accurate. Then that gives you something to work with. And then as the the master craftsman, then you can start giving you the the direction to, to go the way I want to
1: go. Uh, Right. There was a, there was a Brazilian guy that came to me. His name, we'll just say his first name. His name was Rodolfo. He was working on a ship and he comes in his actual, his actual name is not Rodolfo by the way, but we'll just say his name is Rodolfo. So the guy comes to me and he's like, so uh, I want to be more efficient. I'm playing, I've got to play these shows, man. And like my endurance is just getting worse and worse. And I'm having the hardest time playing and, you know, like all this stuff. And I look at what he's playing and he's playing a copy of a Monette mouthpiece with this gigantic throat on a large bore trumpet. Right. And basically he's having to play, he's basically trying to play lead on this equipment. that's not really like lead equipment. It's just not, you know, like, yeah, it can be done, but, you got to be a really, really strong player to make that kind of, that kind of stuff happen. And uh, so I was like, well, here, let me give you, let me give you this mouthpiece and let's see what happens. He, his chops, everything were working great. He picked up the mouthpiece and immediately played better, immediately played better. Yeah. He had no idea the equipment that he, you know, people, sometimes they just don't, they don't know what equipment does they they buy equipment because such and such sounds good on it or this or you know like or it's pretty or it's pretty yep it's pretty
0: i, I had one of those i had a pretty horn oh you
1: did <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I i've uh i yeah i have bought i bought a couple of large bore horns because well arturo can play an x3 so i'm gonna buy an x3 and man did I try to kill myself on that X3 for a few, for, for about two or three years. And I was like, you know, I gotta go, I gotta go the other direction. And, uh, and so I, I started, I started playing, you know, a little bit smaller equipment. I wound up with like a, uh, what was that? The, the, the S 42. I had like one of those with the, with the, with the regular bell, not the adjustable, the tunable bell. Yeah. I played that for a little bit and uh and man that was so much easier to play than than the uh than the old X3 you know Yeah well
0: I mean I am with you man when my my second horn my first horn you know like most people was a, you know a student horn it was a king King Cleveland mm. and uh then my my first real horn after that was a Holton ST302 so the the uh, the Maynard, you know, the MF horn, the four sixty eight, and that thing was just—I mean, it was a tank. It was a tank. <laughs> and then my next horn was a large bore. I I've I, I, I've played large bores for.
1: I, I I actually, you know, like it. There are I feel like there are large bores that are balanced really well, and they play really well and you can play efficient it's, on them and then there's large boards yeah that are just horribly inefficient there's nothing oh yeah there's nothing to blow up up front it's just like you're blowing into a barrel it's so big yeah
0: yeah and that and that was it i mean i you know in, in for the longest time i was like okay well i can only play large bore horns but it was it was not that it was a large bore it was just the way it was balanced you know the 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 two horns that i had the the second horn was a callet uh and that that all i mean that still plays great it's it's a it's a great horn it's one of the it's one it's one of his new york it's one wasn't it one of the, right. the more
1: man it's it's hilarious like some of those count horns play great and some of them don't play so great they're yeah. they're like a yeah, they're they're all over the place all over the place man yeah
0: but i remember the first time i tried to play uh, z and man
1: oh I, yeah the first time i played the z i was like what is this i i I, I can't play this. What is this?
0: Yeah. It took me like about, uh, at a, uh, my horn was getting repaired and I borrowed a friend's horn and his spare horn happened to be a Z
1: and
0: it was like, oh my God. But after about three months of playing on that thing, I finally figured it out. And it's like, oh, wow, this is actually easier <laughs> to play.
1: So much easier. Yeah. And, and it's, it's funny. I was playing, uh, when I got mine, I was working on a ship I think you know, I think I was on this celebration and uh, and we met up with a guy that was on another ship that had a, that had a 6310z and he was willing to sell it for 900 bucks. And this buddy of mine that was in the orchestra set up a meeting and we went down to Carlos and Charlie's on the pier and met up with these cats from the other ship. And he's like, here, I'll let you try it out for two weeks. And, you know, like you can pay me, you know, in two weeks. And I'm like, okay, sounds fair. So they let me take the horn. The other guy that was on the ship, this, no, that wasn't on the Jubilee. That was on the, uh, or the uh, celebration. It was on the Jubilee. Cause I remember the other guy now, the other guy, he had a, um, Severance and Ackrite trumpet that he let the other guy take and, uh, so I started playing it and I was like, oh man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if I could do this. 2 weeks later, it took it took me about 2 weeks of playing, you know, playing shows every day with it, that I was like, oh wow, this is there is really something to this. It's it just it was so much easier, so much less work. And uh I wound up uh I wound up I think when I was in college I had this uh get was it no, it was a Holton uh canadian brass trumpet that was like large bore, Mm -hmm. and but in the upper register like d was super flat like there was like all kinds of weird stuff but i took it out to the next ship and i was like well i can play really loud and the pit on ships is like super loud so i was like oh i can play really loud on this this is cool i played that for a while and then it got it got damaged And then uh, and then I had to go back to my 6310 Z and I'm and I was just like, why was I why was I even trying to play that other horn like, like, I don't need to play that loud. This is so much easier. It's just it's in tune. It's right in the box. You don't have to fight the intonation of the horn, you know, it's so really, really interesting
0: you know yeah, and I, I think that's kind of the the key. It's that it's the mental shift that you have to go through when you're when you're trying to dial in and become more efficient with the playing because we've developed all these bad habits uh, to compensate for either uh, improper mechanics that we that we've developed over the years or to fight the inadequacies of the equipment that we're using. And then when you finally get something that's that's tuned in, that's designed it's almost like driving a ferrari you know it's it's so finely tuned you don't need to steer it like you're driving yeah, a,
1: yeah you <laughs> don't know you don't know what to do with it because you're trying to drive it like your your honda it's yeah it, yeah
0: yeah so it, it it takes a little bit of of getting getting used to the fact that you don't have to fight as much but it becomes a fight in another way you start it, it's the isometric tension but it's the, it's the isometric, isometric tension up here you know, right. it's, it's the, well, I can't, I can't, I can't push it. So I have to, you know, I, I have to hold it back a little bit. So in, instead of not putting your foot, this is what I was tell my, I would tell my students, like there are two ways you can slow down. You can either slow down by putting your foot on the brake, which is tension, or just take your foot off the gas. That's just.
1: Oh, you know. that's, that's a good analogy right there. I like it.
0: And so most of us, you know, that's what we do. It's like when we need to, to slow down, slow or roll, it's, you know, we want to just put our foot on the brake. Right. So, uh, well, actually, speaking of gear, we're, we're going to do something. I have a, a new new segment to the podcast and it's called gear up and we're just going to actually talk about gear a little bit. I, you know, I love talking gear, but I, I don't want to be one of those guys that, you know, wants to just spend 45 minutes talking about, you know, what mouthpiece and horn you, right. you endorse right. and so like, blah, blah, blah. But you know, anyway, but we are going to talk gear. So, uh, right now, uh, what is your current go-to setup?
1: Well, my current go-to setup is, a Frankenhorn and it's a it's a 1S bell Calicchio and a 10 uh, a 10 lead pipe on an old I say old 90s 6310Z I think it's late 90s I'm not sure 6310Z I can't remember exactly when those came out but I I want to say it was earlier Maybe it might be like early 2000. But um, yeah, so 6310Z uh, uh, valve section and tuning slide on a, a Calicchio 10 pipe that is cut at 0.338, and uh, that's the opening size. Uh, typically, Calliope ten pipes are uh, are cut at 0.339, I believe it is, for, for ten, and mm-hmm. this is like one thousandths of an inch smaller or whatever. Um, and you know, unfortunately, John Dewey passed away recently. May he rest in peace. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, I have a couple other I have a couple other uh, parts that I have, but that's what I'm playing on as far as a trumpet and then i'm playing on Terry Warburton Ryan Chapman model top with a new york back bore with a 30 throat on both um just you know like i i've tweaked the back part of the of the top just a little bit with a i mean like minutely with a with a tapered reamer just to shore up the connection in the middle but you know otherwise that's basically it yeah yeah um i i have a different piece for for piccolo trumpet i have i have a different model piece for that and but it's yeah i play a uh p 54 butler Geyer and what else i'm playing an adams f1 um for uh rose brass for other stuff with warburton uh my custom model mouthpiece for mm-hmm. for Warburton.
0: Yeah. Well it sounds like you, you you like to have a nice uh efficient setup. Uh you, you like the you like your resistance up front?
1: Yeah, up front, definitely for me is up front.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So with uh and that that's that's interesting with the Frankenhorn because I you know I know a lot of guys that that have done that and actually I kinda uh have done that a few times myself, and it's it's trying to find the right match. Um
1: Yeah, I it, got super lucky. I just was like, I'm doing this, and I did it, and I was just like, the Stefan uh, Stefan uh, Klein at All County Music did it, and I had it in my hand. I'm in his apartment, his dogs yapping. I'm like playing it in his apartment, and he's like. He's he's scared to death that I'm not gonna like it. because he thought it was too bright or, or something. And I don't know. And I played it and I was like, yeah, this, this is what I've been looking for and I can't find. So it just it just happened to work. Yeah. I tried it with a Bach, didn't work as well. Still better than a Bach, but didn't, you know, didn't work as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's that's cool so um yeah one of the things one of the reasons i'd like to talk about gear is uh you know like we were talking about earlier is is finding out what people what goes to their minds when they're when they're putting together the the packages that they that they utilize and in this case like you know you've you've had custom mouthpieces you've you basically build a custom horn for uh you know it's a a frankenhorn but it it is a a -a one-of-a-kind horn so um what, what kind of thought process did you go through as you were, you, you explained it with the mouthpiece a little bit, but with a horn.
1: Oh, with the with the horn. So this is, this is best. Yeah. I mean, like I spent a lot of time while I was at Miami, um, uh, Larry, Larry Lappin retired, who was a really long time. He had been in the vocal department for a really long time, basically built the program up there. He retired. And Steve Reed's wife, Kate came and interviewed for the job at the University of Miami so when he came and uh, when she came she got the job and they moved to town Steve Reed and I used to hang out like once every couple weeks and we would sit there and talk shop and play trumpets and he played a Colicchio 1S10 and uh, so I started picking his brain about equipment why did you do this blah 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 and he was telling me well John Duda's like a genius he's doing all these kinds of things like this horn was made custom for me he goes this is my backup horn this horn wasn't adjusted for me but I got it as a backup in case anything happened to this one but this one you know this this is this is the one this plays great so I played his horn I was like man this is so much easier to play than what i you know then then even you know I was playing at the time. I was playing the 80, 8310 Bobby Z, Bobby Shoe Z, mm-hmm. and uh, it played it played so much better than that. You, there's a there's a thing with Yamaha trumpets, and uh, I think this is maybe something that Wayne really likes about it. I haven't had this discussion with Wayne. I don't think I've had this discussion with uh, Frank Green, but I don't think I've had it with Wayne. But I I, I have a feeling that Wayne likes the instrument for this reason it's it's almost like the bell on Yamaha trumpets is like a compressor it's like it allows you to play the instrument to a certain point and you don't get any more you don't get anything more out of it you can put 10% more energy into it and you don't get any more volume out of it. It stays there. It's just, Mm. it's like a compressor. It doesn't let you go past a certain point. Right. And, um, so the, the Yamaha 8310Z, that's what I feel like binges, for example, binges are kind of like the Colicchio's if you get, if you're at the edge and you want to put more on something, say you're playing a double C at the end of something, and you just want to just really put all your energy into making that note just a little bit louder to cut over the band. The, the binge is going to let you do that. The, the, the colloquial is going to let you do that, but the Yamaha is going to give you the same volume that you're at when it hits that point, no matter how much energy you put into it. Mm. And in some, in some respects, you know, that's where that's, you know, I mean that's plenty loud enough i mean i don't even it's it's plenty loud enough (laughs) you know it really it really is yeah it really is but there's something in my head that was like well if i get this horn it doesn't it's not like it has a compressor so i i'm i'm able to like it respond i feel like the response is better on it right right so first i got a lead pipe i i put the lead pipe on and i'm like yeah so the horn that the that I used, the, the, the donor horn, if you will, a friend of mine who was 93 passed away and his family, his name was Charlie Higgins, his family uh, gave me two of his horns uh, at the funeral and one of them was a Yamaha 6310Z. So I still have my old 6310Z. It's a great horn. The one that he had though, there was just something off about it. It just didn't I, you know,
0: yeah, yeah. It was,
1: the bell was more like a compressor than, than, than the normal bell that I right. had on, on my other one. So I tried it, tried the lead pipe. The lead pipe by itself didn't work. So I ordered the, I ordered the uh, 1S bell, put the 1S bell and the lead pipe on at the same time. And it was just like, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it, 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 and I've been playing that horn ever since. And it, it's been really, it's, I've tried to get away from it a little bit, but at the same time, it, it just works and it's not a whole lot of effort.
0: Yeah. Cool. So uh, if you are, since you're, you know, you're, you're teaching right now and uh, you have some young students and, you know, maybe some of them are ready to take a step up in their equipment, what kind of uh, advice do you generally give people for, you know, how to go about finding a better Horn, better mouthpiece how to how to match things up
1: well i mean i as a professional i I would say have a good solid idea like we talked about before have a good solid idea of what the equipment you have right now is not doing for you and what you want the equipment to do for you and um you know it can be as simple as i want an instrument that plays more in tune you know it's it's like and then, of course, you got students, you got some students in some places that are that are like getting, you know, uh, these some of these Chinese horns like mendini or whatever. And they're I mean, like, I don't know about you, but I, I would be super tired at the end of a gig trying to play one of those. Yeah. Horns. <laughs> just because the intonation on those things is just totally yeah. wonky. But we, but know what, know what you want out of a, out of, out of the equipment that you're purchasing, even if you're, you know, I mean, I think that's the best advice. No, kind of have an idea and have an idea of what you want so that when you walk into a store, I mean, if you can walk into a store and, and purchase an instrument, you could tell somebody that knows about the equipment, you know, what you're looking to get out of the instrument, you know?
0: Yeah. So. Cool, that's that's solid advice. All right, well, we are going to uh, move into our final portion of the show, and this is um, brought to us by our good friends at Robinson's Remedies. It's the Robinson's Remedies Rapid Fire Round. Thank you, Kenny and Richard, for uh, creating such great products that keep your lips from falling off your face on those hard gigs. It's a uh, you know part arnica, part. Super glue. No, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) But uh, no, uh, but certainly I do thank uh, Kenny and and Richard for supporting this show. And uh, so this is a series of questions, and I'm just going to throw them out. They're all over the place. All I need is your quickest answer to these. Are you ready?
1: I don't know. From you, I I have no idea where this is going. This is kind of scary.
0: Uh, Yeah, you you should be scared. You should be scared. (laughs) All right, here you go. First question. Who's who's the biggest influence on your life that's not a trumpet player? Oh,
1: oh, just spot off. Probably. I don't know. I mean, there's so many. I don't know. Depends on for what. But I'll say I'll say um, probably my high school band director because he's the only reason that I chose to play trumpet.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, All
1: right.
0: What's your favorite book?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, It's kind of split between uh, the talent code.
0: Mm, I love that book.
1: And uh, the practice of practice, Jonathan Harnum. Have you read mm. that one?
0: I have not. I'll have to add that to my list.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a good one. I, I like the combination of both. There's so much good information in there that most people never talk about.
0: Okay, well, I will. May I put a link to the uh, to that book in the show notes as well? Because uh, I'm all about good books.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, what's the worst movie you've ever
1: seen? The worst movie I've ever seen. Dolomite, <laughs> you, you, you're
0: gonna diss Dolomite
1: <laughs> jokingly, of course. Yes, no, yes. um, it,
0: it wasn't a I, great movie,
1: <laughs> no, it, it wasn't. There's there's probably I could probably come up with a with a with a better one than that, but I mean, it was good for a laugh, it was, yeah, definitely good for a laugh, but
0: it was not high cinema,
1: no, it was not high. The story behind the whole thing is what makes it great.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That, that did you see the uh, the uh, the thing they did with uh, Eddie Murphy? Yes,
1: yes, yeah. I did see that. That, that yeah, yeah.
0: was that made me appreciate the movie much more.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. There's this, the this story behind it that makes it great, but it was a horrible movie. Oh yeah, it
0: was a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, if you weren't a trumpet player, what would you want to be?
1: Uh, probably. I, I I would just say well uh, probably like a composer you know whatever I'm kind of doing sort of that but you know like I, probably composition maybe a piano player I don't know
0: All right. Uh what's your favorite drink?
1: This is uh, this is an interesting one. I have to I have to I have to say that I don't really have one. It's pretty I I, I like everything.
0: It's the one you have in your hand.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The, the, yeah. One, that, the one that somebody bought for you is your favorite <laughs> one.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. So, yeah, spoken like a true trumpet player there. Um, all right, you can have a dinner party. You can have this, this wonderful dinner party, and you can invite any three people in the world, any three people to come to your dinner party, spend an evening with you. Who would they
1: be? Oh, God, here, here we go with that. That's interesting. Probably um, it would be interesting to see Steve Reed, John Faddis, and uh, Doc Severinson in the same room talking to each other. That would that would be interesting.
0: Uh, yeah, that that I would want the tape recordings so of that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now same uh, same scenario. Same it's another dinner party three additional people but they can be anyone from history so anyone who is no longer with us
1: nobody that's oh somebody that, that well obviously Maynard Ferguson uh probably um Tommy Dorsey man this is a tough one um Bud Herseth
0: okay good ones all right lacquer plated or raw
1: uh, definitely raw. We're talking about trumpets, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever floats your boat. Uh, what's your favorite quote?
1: Not my tempo.
0: Not my tempo. Yeah.
1: From, from the movie whiplash. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, have still not seen I that use movie. That
1: I, I use that one a lot. No. Not my tempo.
0: <laughs> uh, What is your greatest fear?
1: At this particular point in time, probably, uh, probably dealing with it, with a particular parent. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A student, a student's parent. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably probably my biggest fear right now.
0: (laughs) All right. Okay. Um, you can be granted one superpower. What would it be?
1: Oh man, these, this is, man, I'm horrible at answering these questions. Let's see one superpower. What would it be? Altering time. Mm.
0: Thought it was going to be to be able to eat as many chicken wings as you possibly could.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. Altering time would be a, would be a good superpower. I think.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, What aspect of trumpet playing do you think is the most overrated?
1: Meaning, how how do you mean overrated? I think That people put more more
0: emphasis or more importance on it than it particularly warrants.
1: Uh, probably high notes. Even though even though that's that's what I do, it's probably you know the most important things to me are are, are musicianship. And, you know, it's not, it's not about high notes. If you, if you have a good sound and you play musically and make, make, make music, play beautifully, that to me is like way more important than playing high notes, but I don't know. I think people, but, but you know, it's been a por- an important part of my life. <laughs> yeah, <but. laughs> yeah
0: it, it's paid the bills for you. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Um,
0: uh, what do you think the most underrated aspect of trumpet playing is?
1: Uh, what do you mean by underrated? How How are we talking here? Like that?
0: Uh, that uh, you know, it, it's not emphasized enough that people don't don't look at that and go, well, you know, I mean, hey, I so I, I, the,
1: I think playing musically. Mm-hmm honestly that 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 playing musically is 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 probably underrated but that is the most important thing to me
0: right right gotcha all right uh speaking of your ability to manipulate time you can go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice about music what would it be
1: spend more time with a metronome earlier in 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 my career and really uh, really no matter, no matter how difficult something is, time is more important than everything else.
0: Mm, okay. And, uh, while you're back there, you're going to give yourself one piece of advice about life.
1: Do the best you can and don't take anything for granted.
0: All right. Final question. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: I would have to say, hopefully my legacy will be probably people that I've influenced or taught you know that that maybe that that the the friendships that I've had uh, with people and um, the impact that I have on students will be my legacy more than anything I would think that would that would be what I would want it to be as well.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, Ryan, thanks for taking time out of your busy day to hang with me for a bit. And uh, I'm just sorry we couldn't do this uh, like we did the last time uh, sitting there uh, at that all-you-can-eat buffet with wings and pizza wings, yeah. and, <laughs> and, and and some cold ones. But, uh, you know, those days will be back soon, soon enough.
1: I, 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 I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So, uh, hopefully I can get down to, uh, to Miami at some point and, and, uh, hang with you guys down there a little bit with the fun and the sun. So
1: yeah, man, absolutely. Anytime brother, you're always welcome.
0: All right. Well, I really thank you. Uh, this was very insightful and, you know, make sure you check out the links at the, in the show notes. Uh, if you want to know more about Ryan's, um, not only his dissertation, but the uh, projects he has going on and, you know, certainly take a, a read of that dissertation because I think there's some really impactful uh, information in terms of uh, the mechanics of playing and some great exercises in there as well. So uh, I, I think it's a, a good tool for, for any trumpet player to have it. So once again, thank you very much, Dr. Chapman, and thank you for joining us. And as always, peace and slide grease. We out.